This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast. Of course, our YouTube page, 94WIP. Subscribe there, all our video podcasts, myself and Tucker Bagley. Put those up uh, a few times a week. So, look, we're at a, a, an interesting stage in the calendar in terms of the Major League Baseball offseason as free agency is is here. It is open. GM meetings and, you know, the, the winter calendar, the winter meetings are coming up in a couple weeks. That's where business really starts to pick up. And with the Phillies, they've done business early in recent years. So nothing would surprise us if they got something done or signed someone pretty quickly. Big news yesterday, Craig Council obviously going to the Chicago Cubs. But the Phillies have big decisions to make. Yesterday, they put the qualifying offer on Aaron Nola. They did not put it on Reese Hoskins. I think that was a formality with Nola, and it was obviously not going to go to Reese because he would have probably accepted that, and the Phillies would have been stuck, not on their terms. But the Nola situation, I find, I find to be one of the most difficult decisions the Phillies have had to make in a very long time. Aaron Nola's been an outstanding filler. You can make a case, and a real case, he's a top 10 pitcher the, the Phillies have ever had, you know, developed and had, and been here for the long term, just start after start, you know, close to 250 starts in his career now. And clearly what he's done in the postseason the last couple of years has been mostly really good. And he's pitched some big games. And Aaron Nola's been durable. He's been a workhorse. He's been a good pitcher. He's gotten Cy Young votes. He's had his ups. He's had his downs. We've experienced the entire Aaron Nola thing from the moment he arrived to the biggest. I'm watching his first start against the Tampa Bay Rays and thinking they've got something here. And he's turned into a really good pitcher. I'm an Aaron Nola fan. But now the question becomes... How much is Aaron Nola worth, and is he worth a really long-term deal at big money? You know, if the que- the question is is not as simple as do you want Aaron Nola back? Do you would you prefer him to start Game Two of the season? Would you prefer him to start Game Two of a playoff series next year behind Zach Wheeler? I think most of us, just all things considered, would say, yeah, I'll take Aaron Nola back. But it's more complicated than that, and it's really complicated by what's become a very new. And I think crazy trend in baseball of these long, long-term deals. It's not just the money, because I think you could look at Nola compared to other pitchers and say, what's the market value? Taiwan Walker got 18 a year. He's not very good. You know, some guys are getting 35, 40 a year. DeGrom and Scherzer and those guys. And, you know, kind of then where does Nola fit in? And I think, you know, a contract per year between 25 and $30 million is more than appropriate for Aaron Nola, considering that's the market value for a good, really good 
you know, starting pitcher. It is the years that make this thing tricky. And so I'm going to dive into if Aaron Nola is really worth a long-term deal or not. Because if you tell me right now, Joe, you could have Nola back, market value, 25 or 30 a year for three to five years. I'm, you know, it's sign me up right now. I, I, I'm in. I will do. I will do it. I will take the risk of you know any contract with a pitcher is a risk, especially you know one that has thrown a lot of pitches in his career and is in his 30s. But I would I would take that kind of shorter term risk, which really used to be a kind of a normal contract for a pitcher. Most of these teams did not give out ridiculous 10-year contracts to, or 8-year contracts to pitchers. Now this is becoming the new trend in the business where everyone's giving out these long-term contracts and stretching out the average annual value. It's a way of circumventing the luxury tax. And and that is probably where this Noel thing is going to go, where he's going to have a number in mind. And maybe that number is $200 million, you know, somewhere between $150 to $200 million. He's going to have that in mind. And a team's going to figure out, depending on their market, depending on their budget, how they give him that money. You know, if it's the Dodgers, maybe they give it to him over three or four or five years and they don't worry so much about the luxury tax. If it is the Braves, maybe they spread this thing out. If it's the Mets, maybe they don't spread it out. It, it depends on what team he's looking to and what team is looking at. And it's the Phillies, I think we've seen now, they'll spread it out. So is Aaron Nola worth a long-term big money contract? And my first thought before diving in, and I did a lot, of, I did a deep dive on this one. You know, once in a while, you know, WIP Daily, much like WIP, can be a spot where we just vent, emote, you know, kind of throw out feelings and, and thoughts and, and takes on what's going on. Once in a while, you know, I'll do a deep dive and I'll come up with something that maybe changes my own mind as we talk through this whole thing. And as I look to, the, to Aaron Nola, you know, we know his resume. I mean, his resume is outrageously good. You know, he's got a 3.72 ERA. He has started 235 games. He has pitched 1,422 regular season innings. He has a 3.38 fielding independent pitching. He has a strikeout to walk ratio of better than 4 to 1. All those things are very good. His adjusted ERA in the majors is 113. He's been, you know, a well above average major league starting pitcher for a long time. And I think there is an assumption out there right now that Aaron Nola is a really smart and good buy because Aaron Nola's been really durable and really good. And I think we need to readjust that thinking, not because those things aren't true, but because the Phillies aren't paying Aaron Nola or won't be or whatever. His next team won't be paying Aaron Nola for what he has been. It is now time to project what he's going to be. And there's an assumption, we do this all the time, that durability means more durability. And I'm not sure that's actually true. So I'm going to give you the alternative example. The Phillies took a risk on Zach Wheeler, you know, about five years ago, four years ago, because they they correctly identified there was a lot left in the tank. And he was going to be a better pitcher moving forward than he was before. And Matt Klintak and the Phillies front office at the time didn't just read that right. They read it 1,000% correctly. It changed the franchise. They bought something that had a lot of mileage left on it. You know, there, there was it was there was hidden value to Zach Wheeler because he had had arm issues, but he was healthy then. His stuff was still playing up; it wasn't going down. And you could project the next three, four, five years, six years of Zach Wheeler's career to be very, very fruitful, and it has been for the Phillies. Aaron Nola has durability on his side; he has track record on his side. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to continue. And let, let's just go over a couple examples here. So over the last 15 years, Nola's one of 20 pitchers to throw at least 1,400 innings by the start 
of his age 31 season, which is where we will be now, right? As we start next year, it'll be his age 31 year. He has 14-22 in terms of regular season innings in the books, okay? Half of that group, half, retired without another productive season, okay? And uh, David Murphy had this little blurb over at the Inquirer. I, I saw this like three weeks ago, and I, I put it in my notes, and I was like, I, when we do the Enola episode, I got to bring it up because it's a great point by him. So he went over the names, right? Done at 30. Lincecum, Matt Cain, Madison Bumgarner, who, by the way, that was the debate the Phillies were having, Bumgarner or Wheeler back in 2019. Obviously, they made the right decision. Giovanni Gallardo, Rick Porcello, Felix Fernandez. Done pretty quickly after that. Steve Strasburg, Chris Sales, probably done. He did come back and you know pitch somewhat this year, but yeah, he was pretty much done. He Well, he's been done the last couple of years. Felix Hernandez was done. Done at 32 in terms of having productive seasons. Johnny Cueto and Mike Leake. A couple outliers, obviously Hall of Famers with uh, Scherzer, Granke, Verlander. Some guys are outliers. The, the question the Phillies have to answer is, is Aaron Nolan an outlier or is he like those other guys? And my gut feeling is he's more like those other guys. Really good Major League starting pitchers. Pitched a lot in their 20s and then by the, their 30s, at some point, it falls and it falls fast. And if it's a three to five year deal, you live with that risk. You hope next year's another big time year. And when he gets to be 32, 33, 34, you live with the reality of that. But if this contract is going to be $200 million and this contract is going to be eight years, it will it will be a problem, you know, maybe very, very quickly into this thing. We're like, oh my goodness, we're on the hook for six or seven more years in this thing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let me bring a couple examples to you just to give you a feeling of where we're at with Nola from a profile standpoint, from what he's been, who he, he compares to. So Nola did not have as good of a year last year. We know it. He did make the adjustment at the end. But but here are some realities to Aaron Nola. Okay? His fastball velocity went down last year from the year before. His ground ball rate has been going down from where it was in his prime. Th- those are realities of of this pitcher. Okay, that He's not as dominant as he was in years past. He's just not, he's not. His strikeout rate has gone down. And really, if you want to count the pandemic season, and I know some people do, some people don't. Okay, his his strikeout per nine was 12.1 in 2020. It was a short, short sample, okay? The next year, full year, 11.1 was his strikeout per nine. Last year, 2022, in what I thought was one of his, if not his best season, he had a 10.3 strikeout per nine rate. And then last year, it was 9.4. So we're trending towards no longer striking out a batter in inning. The walk rate jumped this year. The strikeout rate declined. His ground ball percentage has declined. So more fly balls equals more home runs. Less strikeouts means more the ball, more of the balls in play. I mean, you could just, you could see the profile of why it's not been as good. Now, a couple names to point out because we're going to do a lot of comps. We're going to say Nola's durable. Well, so is Rick Porcello. Rick Porcello through his first 241 games started. Similar number of innings to Aaron Nola. He came up earlier than Nola. I think Nola's been a better pitcher than Porcello was from 2009 to 2016. But it's an example. 
And and if you go to Baseball Savant, they list 2015 Rick Porcello as the best comp for Aaron Nola, for who Aaron Nola is right now, statistically. Now, to be fair, Porcello won a Cy Young the next year in 2016. But after that, 4.65 ERA, 4.28, 5.52, out of baseball. Within four years, Rick Porcello was out of baseball after winning a Cy Young. So perhaps... You know, Nola's on the verge of one more big, big, big time year. But then if he follows the Porcello route, he's out. Another name that I thought is a really interesting comp is James Shields. James Shields was a really good pitcher. His adjusted ERA very close to Nola's through his first, you know, let's say 250 starts or so. Okay. He's at 251 Uh, for 06 to 2013. Shields had 251 starts. And Nola sitting at 235 since he came up in 2015. So it's a, it's a pretty similar profile. Um, and Shields had a 3.79 ERA for his career at that point. Nola 3.72 right now. They're actually really similar. They're adjusted ERA. Yeah, Nola 113. Shields 110. Pretty close all around in a lot of ways. Nola strikes out a, you know, a little bit more. He's more of a, a strikeout pitcher. But a lot of these numbers are pretty darn close for Shields and Nola. Yeah, James Shields is a good pitcher. I mean, let's not forget what he did early in his career. He had two Cy Young finishes. I believe the same as Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola's had three top 10. Shields had two top 11 Cy Young finishes. He got an MVP vote um, like Nola did one year in 2018. So th- there's a lot of similar statistical stuff between James Shields and Aaron Nola. And they were both those guys. I mean, 31 starts, 33 starts, 33, 34, 33, 34. That was James Shields. You know, up until about 2013. 2014, he helps the Royals get to a World Series. I mean, he did a good job. In 2014, started 34 games, actually got more MVP votes that year, pitched to a 3.21 ERA. But here's the 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 kicker, okay? From age, you know, from that next year on, 2014, and we'll include his, his good season there, to the end, James Shields pitched six more seasons, excuse me, five more seasons in the big leagues. He was a below-average major league pitcher, he pitched to a 4.42 ERA, and he only two more times after the sample pitched below a 4 ERA. It became 5.8, 5.23, He was a, I mean, it was a home run a minute against him. It was, you know, 33 homers. He led the league in one year in home runs allowed. He allowed a 157 home runs moving forward. So those are a couple names, just to keep in mind, that are similar to Aaron Nola. When the offseason began. My first thought was they're going to bring Nola back. They got to bring Nola back. And my gut instinct right now is they need Aaron Nola to try to win the World Series next year. But Aaron Nola, the more you dive into who he is, what he's done, similar pitchers, the kind of contract it seems like he's looking for, I don't think Aaron Nola is going to be a smart contract. I, I don't think he's his next eight years are going to be a good contract for the team that gives it to him because he's not a power pitcher who's losing velocity. He's a ground ball guy who's giving up less, you know, allowing less ground balls than he used to. The home runs are flying out. And the pitchers that are similar to him, like workhorses in their 20s, tend not to stay that into their 30s unless they're very, very, very rare power pitchers. Scherzer, Verlander, Garrett Cole's training this way, Roger Clemens. I mean, there are certain kinds of power pitchers, and maybe Zach Wheeler will, that, that can hold their stuff deep into their 30s, deep into the second half of their career. And then there are pitchers more like this. Now, 
if we go to the other side of this quickly, just just to kind of put a bow on where, where my thoughts are, Nola. You know, there are outliers uh, to a pitcher like this. Mike Mussina was a similar type of pitcher with the knuckle curve, and he kept pitching really well and got Cy Young votes multiple times on his Yankees contract after he left the Baltimore Orioles. So maybe Aaron Nola is Mike Mussina, though Mussina was more prolific in the steroid era, better, better numbers. I mean, his adjusted era was about 130 through this stage of his career. Nola's 113. That's why the, the Shields comp, I think, fits a little bit better. Look, I like Aaron Nola. If the Phillies want to win the World Series next year, Nola is probably their their best chance to do that by bringing him back and knowing what you're getting. But if this contract goes five, six, seven, eight years, there is a real chance it's a disaster. There's a real chance he's not worth that. And there is a real chance that Aaron Nola is, you know, just because he's been durable and had a lot of bullets in that tank doesn't mean there's a lot left. History's not kind to pitchers who pitch this much this earlier in their career. I think Nola is a very difficult case for the Phillies. And if the number gets to a point and the years get to a point where it feels uncomfortable, I think the Phillies would be wise to walk away. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following WIP Daily. We will talk soon. Thanks for listening, subscribing, and following the podcast.